It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Two words, two words. BYU is bowl eligible. They beat Utah Tech in dominant fashion, frankly. We're talking about it on Postcast. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. This is postcast. Obviously, we do this after each BYU game, BYU football in particular. Talking about how the Cougars did, some quick reactions, and get, obviously get, let you guys have your say as well. We'll get to those here momentarily. But in the end, BYU gets their sixth win of the season, routing Utah Tech 52-26. to BYU racks up 676 total yards of offense. Uh, frankly, uh, just an absolutely dominant offensive day, all things considered. Yes, I understand the first quarter was frustrating. BYU punted a couple of times, did have a fumble that gave the ball back to Utah. Utah Tech and the Trailblazers led this game 6-0 after the first quarter. In the second quarter, BYU racks up 28 points, and Utah Tech obviously did all their scoring for the oh, I guess they got a touchdown late, but they, they did most of their scoring in the second quarter. It was a back and forth affair in the second quarter. But in the second half, BYU put their foot down, said, Enough is enough. You guys ain't hanging with us, and this game is over. And this is something I talked about on Friday's edition of the podcast, saying that I felt like Utah Tech could hang around for a little bit. They could hang with BYU. They had some motivation. Obviously, they had some momentum on their side, having won three straight games coming into this one. But BYU in the second half said, okay, enough's enough. We're done with this. Jaron Hall in what is probably going to be his final home game for BYU. I don't care what BYU TV has to say. He completes 23 of 35 passes, a career-high 456 yards, five touchdowns passing, also adds a touchdown rushing in the game. Uh, He was absolutely phenomenal. Jaron Hall looked like the Jaron Hall that we've all known to come and love and he is a guy that's on his way to the NFL. I asked Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports, who's one of the foremost minds when it comes to the NFL draft, what is the projection for a guy like Jaron Hall when it comes to the NFL draft? He responded to me saying that I think that rounds two and three is probably his best bet. If a team falls in love with him, he can end up in the first round. Jaron Hall is going to make himself some money, folks, out there in the NFL draft process. He's got nothing left to prove at BYU. I know that BYU TV saying that Aaron Roderick thinks that he's going to come back. If Jaron Hall comes back to BYU, I will just be absolutely floored. He's a return missionary. He's a fifth-year COVID junior. He's got nothing. I, I'm, 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 I, I don't mean to be uh, flippant about this, but he's got nothing left to prove at BYU. He's got to go to the next level and start to make that real money that you can make at the NFL. And if he's a second or third-round pick, there's a very real chance that an NFL team could see him as a future starter for them. Why in the world would you run it back another year when you can go and make that money? That's, that's the argument right now. Christopher Brooks, really, really nice 
nice uh, second half for him. He gets over the century mark for the first time since the USF game in the season opener. Had 102 yards on 12 carries, averaging 8.5 yards per carry. Uh, the finals touchdown of the night uh, came via Terrence Fall. Uh, he had a, a, a no, it wasn't an end around, but it was a a fly sweep. He took 25 yards on a handoff from Jacob Conover with just seconds remaining. Runs it in from 25 yards out, and that capped the scoring for BYU with 52 points. Jake Oldroyd, potentially his final home game as a Cougar, got a field goal. Keanu Hill was absolutely sensational, getting all three of his hat trick of touchdowns in the second quarter. Six receptions, 137 yards. And the funny thing about this is Utah Tech said, Puka Nakua is not going to beat us today. But Nakua did get his. He got five receptions for 53 yards no touchdowns, but BYU's other guys stepped up. Chase Roberts, two receptions, 82 yards, one touchdown. He had a 59-yard touchdown bomb. was absolutely phenomenal. Isaac Rex, he gets a touchdown. He gets in on the scoring. That's the thing about this. BYU found a lot of different guys that BYU fans have been crowing about in this game and gave them opportunities to shine. And that's exactly what happened. Yes, was it a perfect performance? No, it was not. But the, the, the thing about this is BYU in the second half put their foot down and said, okay, enough's enough. Utah Tech, Thanks for coming here, but this is a big payday for you guys. We're going to take the W now, and you guys can head back to St. George. And that's exactly what they did. I thought BYU's defense in the second half uh, figured some things out. First half, not so much. Uh, but Keenan Peely and Pepe Tanavasa lead the way in potentially their final games as Cougars. Well, we all know that Pepe's done. He's already announced that he's done. Both of them having seven total tackles in this game. Uh, BYU's inability to get true pressure on Victor Gabalas, the quarterback for Dixie. Uh, not my. I knew I was going to say Dixie State at some point. Utah Tech, they are no longer Dixie State, but their inability to register a sack in this game, that's mildly alarming. This BYU defense, there needs to be wholesale, and I mean wholesale changes for BYU's defense in the offseason. I think the coaching changes are inbound. I think that there are a number of guys from this defense who either are transferring or are guys who were announced on senior day as guys who are playing potentially the final game in a BYU uniform. I think that there is going to be a huge roster overhaul. Even some of the offense is going to see some overhaul this offseason. I think Kalani Satake sees the writing on the wall, and what Utah Tech was able to do against BYU... It shouldn't happen. 400-plus yards given up by your team. I know that it's a it's a pass-happy offense you went up against. It was 420 total yards given up by BYU's defense. Okay, Utah Tech, 4 of 16 on the third down. They did most of their damage early. The, the Gabe Judy Lally just giving up on a play and essentially p- trying to pass off Devin Osborne on an 80-yard touchdown bomb on third and 10, that's the stuff that Kalani Satake's got to be just practically tearing his hair out at. That's a, BYU's defense has not performed up to expectations, frankly, since the Baylor game. And in the second half, yeah, they, they, they did better in this game, but it's Utah Tech. It is the Trailblazers. They're an FCS team. They're a 4-6 and six ball club coming into your house. You should not be giving up 340 yards passing. You should not be giving up 420 total yards. That, those numbers are just too much. BYU's defense, it needs to be revamped. Does that mean there's going to be a new defensive coordinator? I, I would think so. I, I think that's in the offing coming up for B, for BYU. But at the same time, what what's going to happen with a new defensive coordinator if they don't have the right guys in place? That's the thing about this is I think that there are a lot of guys who are playing their final games 
at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They did that today. Uh, I guess I'm recording this. It's, it's late Saturday night, so you'll probably see this on Sunday. But regardless, played the final games at home for BYU. And now they turn their attention to the next stage of their career. Whether they're going to transfer and play elsewhere, they're going to try their hand at the NFL, or a guy like Pepe Tonavasu who said that, hey, College paid for my degree. Now I'm moving on into the real world and just taking a, a big boy job and moving on with my life. That's going to happen. And you thank them, you wish them well, but now you move on. This is a big opportunity this coming offseason for BYU to reimagine itself. Kalani Satake can remake his squad more of what he thinks he needs to have in the Big 12. Does he gonna have to have some hard conversations with certain guys and tell them, hey, if you want to keep playing, we'll help try and help you with the transfer portal? Yeah, he's going to have to have those conversations. He may frankly just have to tell some guys, you need to move on. We need your scholarship. Hate to break it to you, but that, that's that's how it stands, and that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough conversation for a, a, a tough gut punch for some of these guys to have their he, the head coach that they came to play for BYU tell them, hey, thanks for coming here, you got your degree, but it's time for you to move along. But those are the type of conversations. This is a big business, folks. This is no longer the mom and pop shop of of the yesteryear. This is big boy football. This is a business. This is a multi-billion dollar industry that BYU is competing in. And they're going to the top level. Is this BYU squad is currently constituted capable of competing in the Big 12? No, it's not. And frankly, 2023 could be a really, really rough year. I think BYU, if they get to 6-6, six and six, just based on what I know right now, the transfer portal obviously could change this whole outlook. And there's a lot that still could play out with regards, excuse me, to how uh, the roster could be reimagined or, re- or look like going into the Big 12 era next year. But 6-6 six and six next year might be quite the accomplishment for BYU, frankly. If, if everything goes the way it's, it, it, I guess it could go, they, 2023 could be rough, but it's a chance for BYU to, to essentially wipe the slate clean and try something new. Things have gotten stagnant with BYU roster-wise, coaching-wise, there needs to be some upheaval. There needs to be some changes. All right. So there's my takeaways from the win. It's a win. BYU's bowl eligible. That's the other thing. Two words. Two words. Bowl eligible. Ah! That's the thing. BYU made it made it to a bowl game. They're going to be playing somewhere in another part of the country. <laughs> Excuse me. Come bowl season. Still doing the cough here if you can't tell. But uh, the, the thing about this is it's a huge opportunity for BYU to get an extra game, get all those extra practices, get that extra work in as they get ready for the Big 12 era. That's the major accomplishment from this game. Now you get ready for for Stanford. We'll have you covered all week long and, and lead up to that game. A late night next Saturday night, nine o'clock Mountain Time kickoff. That uh, post game I'm going to do for the KSL Sports Zone may not start until what twelve thirty a.m. I might not do a postcast until what two thirty three a.m. It's going to be a very late night, but at the same time, hopefully BYU can make it seven and five and feel better about themselves going into bowl season. But we'll get you ready for that as the week progresses. All right, we'll round out. Uh, this postcast edition with your guys' comments that you sent in via social media. We'll get to all those here momentarily. First, though, word on our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from baseball to basketball to soccer to esports. They've got it all at Bet Online. If you want the World Cup? That's what they got over there. If you love sports podcasts like this one, you can find those on Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fix in. Speaking of Bet Online, and head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more right now. We'll have the line for BYU and Stanford for you on the Monday edition of the show, so stay tuned for that. But it's all courtesy, as always, of your friends over at Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Uh, let me share this screen so you guys can see what's going on. Let's pull this up here. Just as we pull. There we go. I think we got it. Uh, let's do this and maximize it and then take down my little overlay there. And there we go. Now we're cooking with peanut oil. These are your responses. We'll start off with Joe. Average Joe Golfer says BYU's defense is horrible. It's got a bad rap right now, and for good reason, because the defense, has it really been that good this year? Frankly, no. And I just said it. There needs to be some upheaval. It's gotten stagnant with BYU, and I think that's going to be causing changes at the coaching level and at the player level. Next one, David Hatch. Let's get this over here with. David's apparently out on BYU, and uh, David and I, I don't know how closely we are or are not related uh, with the same last name, but apparently David's just ready to move on. Two more games, David. Uh Another month or so, and this season will be over. Uh, Kinzo Jr. Masuda at JR Masuda saying, after the nerf settle, settled, they ran away with it. Nothing to worry about. And that's a good point. In the second half, it was all BYU. That's the thing. It was, had some nervy moments in the first half, and BYU just needed to settle in, as Kinzo says. But once they did, it was over. Uh, Jeff Hansen had a really, really uh, good analogy on Locked On, uh, not Locked On, uh, Give Him Hell, Bring Him the podcast. Talked about the bug and a boot. And he says, sometimes the bug will escape the boot for a minute, but eventually the boot always wins. And BYU was the boot in this, and that's what they did. They eventually uh, put their foot down quite literally and won that game. Jimbo, a literal fluff, says coaches need to learn how to mentally prepare their players. Use garbage time to get con over some actual opportunity, not just runs. Uh, Jimbo, I don't know what to tell you. Everything right now that's going on with BYU, it's all about... It's all about Jaron Hall. That's the thing. I I know that you'd like to see some more of Conover and had BYU maybe built a bigger lead in the first half. Maybe get some extra time in that fourth quarter. But right now, all all attention from the BYU staff is all in on Jaron Hall and making sure that he has the best opportunity for himself going into the NFL. All right, a couple other things. I had a, a, some fun on the Lockdown Cougars. I think I can pull this up here. You guys can see it. So does BYU, today's winning me BYU beat Utah technically. One guy says, well played. It's having some fun, so apologies for that. All right, next one. Ivan Gomez. I hope I'm playing this right. Is it Hamez Gomez? I apologize, Ivan. But I hate to be negative about the Cougs, but I think this season is on the coaches. The players haven't quit and it showed by scoring 52 points today. Not sure what the problem is really. Well, that's a great question, Ivan. We've been trying to figure out that for, what, a month and a half now? And there, yeah, all is not right with the BYU football program. If all was right, this is a program that probably would have racked up, what, another 10-win season? Yeah, so uh, maybe we don't know, and maybe we never will know truly what the the exact problem was, but we'll do our best to endeavor to continue to dig into that and get you some answers. Uh, BYU 4 Trey at Playoff Bogey says, I don't understand how BYU can't get a sack against an FCS offensive line. Why is it? Why was it so hard for BYU to consistently get pushed on running plays, and then the secondary got beat multiple times? 
times deep. I don't know how that happens against these slow FCS receivers. I will say the the Utah Tech wide receivers, Joey Hobart and Devin Osborne in particular, those two dudes, really, really good. By the way, Joey Hobart's a guy BYU once upon a time offered. He ultimately picked Washington State in the transfer, not the not the transfer process, in the recruiting process, then transferred to Utah Tech. He could transfer again and would not surprise me one bit if BYU throws their hat back in that ring. That kid can play ball. He is lights out. One of the best receivers at the FCS level. BYU should, would do well to make a phone call to that kid if he does enter the transfer portal and say, hey, we recruited you and offered you once upon a time. Would you want to come up here and play for BYU? That's the big question. Now, you also asked, I don't understand how BYU can't get a sack against an FCS offensive line. Well, BYU hasn't gotten sacks against many offensive lines, period, this year. There needs to be a talent overhaul with the BYU defensive line. I think that's coming this offseason. At least I hope it is. And that's the thing, I, Trey. I don't know what to tell you on that. Now, why was it so hard for BYU to consistently get pushed in the running plays? Uh, Utah Tech, they, they, they apparently, uh, this BYU offensive line has not lived up to its billing. Uh, trust me, I was a guy who was crowing about, this could be the best BYU offensive line in 20 plus years. I said that. I said that multiple times on this podcast. You can go and pull the receipts. Uh, I, I will cop to it. I thought that they were going to be far better than they were. They have not lived up to that hype. Is it some overconfidence? Is it a coaching issue? That I don't know. And we have Clark Barrington on this show every single week. I am going to ask him at some point, maybe in our final visit on the show, I'm going to ask him to evaluate why the offensive line did not live up to the expectations that fans and probably guys at Clark did have about themselves. But that'll probably be a few weeks off. All right, Jacob Osler. Jacob Osler 4 says, First stringers didn't seem motivated and were just going through the motions. For the short time we saw the backups, they were excited and brought out a lot of energy. Well, obviously, they, they haven't had a chance really to play in games this year for BYU. And they obviously brought the, brought the hype. But here's the thing. First stringers in the first half, yeah, they played a little listless. But once they locked in, it was ball game. The first stringers did wake up eventually. It, it, it was tough. I get that. But they, they did wake up. That's the thing. BYU kicked some ass in today's game, frankly. And that's that's a direct quote from somebody inside the program. They said, yeah, it was struggling in the first half. But we ended up running away and kicking their ass. That was the quote I got from somebody in the program who is far more, uh, obviously, directly involved with the process. All right, Jeff Hanor, Jay Hanor, a good friend down there in Atlanta. Jeff says, happy to see Conover and Hamuli get some snaps. And by the way, uh, it was good to see Houston Hamuli get a big block that did spring that touchdown of it, late in that game. It was good to see Houston out there actually participating in the offense rather than just special teams. It says Brooks looks good when he's healthy. Agreed. The problem is it's been far and few between when he's actually been healthy. And that's been the tough pill to swallow. And he won't be back next year for BYU. He's done. This is his, this is his swan song for BYU. He says, <laughs> excuse me. It says Hall and Puka running it back together? Question mark. Eyeballs emoji. Uh, I would put that at 5% that both of them come back. Uh, at one of them, hmm, 25%. I just... I just don't see it, guys. I just don't see it. All right, Mojo, our good friend over there serving our country in the U.S. Air Force. Keanu Hill is awesome. I saw a similar toe touch uh, catch to Puka's against Boise State. If Jaron comes back, they'll be an awesome pair next year. Uh, Keanu Hill, very, very good. I agree. He had a really nice toe tap uh, that ultimately one official wanted to call it incomplete but got overruled on that one. I just... 
It'd be great if Jaron could come back because it would give BYU a leg up going into the Big 12. But like I've said previously, I just don't see it happening. All right, uh, good friend Brandon Bourget, I think uh, Brandon, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, says our O-line is supposed to be our best ever and they can't establish the run or keep Jaron from getting sacked against a bad FCS defense. That's pathetic. Hashtag fire funk. Is it on coaching? Is it on the players? I, I I don't know necessarily where to place it on this BYU offensive line, but they 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 have not been what they should be. I I completely agree, and it's been it's been rough. And that's the thing. You need to see better from this offensive line. We needed to see better from this offensive line, but it just hasn't been there. And yeah, they did give up sacks against an FCS defensive line. It, it's. It's tough. It's tough to sw- to p- swallow that pill, but that is what it is. Our good friend Nick Lee says, BYU's going to a bowl. No need to look any closer. Please don't. Okay, Nick. Well, we're looking a little bit closer. Apologies for that. Final cl- uh, final comments go to our good friend Spencer Johnson for three or J Floyd 314 says, bad first half. Combination of Utah Tech being pumped up. That's one thing we have to acknowledge. Utah Tech had won three straight games coming in here. Had a very, very potent offensive attack. And they obviously wanted to prove themselves against an upper, uh, an upper division team or a higher division team is what I probably should say. But says, BYU not being super prepared. Second half was more of what I wanted to see for the first half. Keanu Hill and Chase Roberts are future stars. Now to see Brooks top 100 yards. Happy that Kalani punished them for that timeout slash onside kick. Nonsense at the end. I wish we saw that killer instinct more. Style points matter. I was I will miss Jaron and Puka terribly if they, as I assume they will, choose to leave this offseason. When healthy, Jaron's arm rivals the best in BYU history. His accuracy and power are bonkers. Now, I will give you that. Kalani took exception to Utah Tech continuing to absolutely gun it down the field and said, you know what? You want to keep playing football? We're going to do just that. And that's what BYU did. We don't, as as Joey Floyd points out here, we don't see that very often from Kalani Sitake and BYU. They're, they're all about respecting their opponent. But if you want to play ball, Kalani's more than happy to bring it. And that's, that's the thing about it. So thank you for all your comments. The biggest thing, BYU is bowl eligible, my friends. Let's just celebrate that part of it uh, on today's show. And that's the thing about this is BYU, we know, will be playing at least one extra game. They'll be playing a 13th game this year. And for the 17th time in the past 18 seasons, BYU is going bowling. Frankly, BYU, uh, as fans out there, Y'all have been spoiled. Let's be let's be honest about this. 17 bowl games in the last 18 years. The only one, 2017. It's a pretty impressive run and uh, looking forward to that. All right, that's it. That's postcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, as Nick said, I'm not going to look into it too much deeper, but we look forward to Stanford next week. We'll get you ready for that uh, throughout up the upcoming week. We'll get to uh, my film review on Monday. Well, <laughs> excuse me, man. <laughs> Still dealing with this cough. I apologize to all of you out there listening and or watching. But we're still grinding through it. But uh, regardless, we'll have you ready for Stanford. Uh, it's Turkey Day next week, Thanksgiving. We will not do a podcast probably on Thursday, but we'll have you covered in the lead-up to Stanford all the same. And, of course, stay with us right here on your only daily podcast, the Locked on Cougars podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen. Now go make your second listen. Uh, we've got two options for you. Locked on Sports Today to catch up on all the news in sports out there or the Locked on Big 12 podcast. Get caught up on everything going on in the Big 12 with our good friend Josh Neighbors. Check out either of those as your second listen. And a big thank you once again for joining us right here on Locked on Cougars. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.